Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. fans and welcome you into another edition of inside boxing live i am your host dan canobio thank you so much for joining us whether you're watching on our youtube page over on the fubo sports network pluto tv's boxing channel or you're listening over on spotify or apple podcast we got a great one planned for you today rob tebbit of boxing social uh the great platform over in the uk joins me and we're at the halfway point of 2021. First six months are behind us. And we have six months of boxing ahead of us. Now, we're not going to look back, me and Rob. We're going to look forward. We're going to give you five bold predictions on how we think uh, the rest of 2021 will play out. And if you're a fan of boxing, and you probably are because you're watching and listening to the show, you know how hard it is to predict the landscape of this wild, wild sport that we all love. But me and Rob are, are going to try. And what's going to happen with the heavyweight division? What's going to happen with Terrence Crawford? What's going to happen with PBC on Fox? You name it, we're going to try to predict it. So Rob Tebbett is my guest uh, this week on the show. A little bit of a slow week in the boxing world. The Zone has a card uh, this uh, weekend headlined by Sullivan Barrera and Zerto Ramirez next week. Charlo and Castaño get into the ring on Showtime for undisputed gold at 154 pounds, a fight that I love. But without further ado, here is Rob Tebbett of Boxing Social. All right, I started bringing our guest this week on Inside Boxing Live. You know his Twitter account, but now you're seeing his face, Rob Tebbett of Boxing Social, who does a great job uh, with that platform, a uh, big advocate for the sport. And uh, just an all-around good dude. I mean, we're here, and we're going to talk some boxing. Rob, welcome in. Your debut on Inside Boxing Live. This has to be a, a career milestone for you. Yeah, I've actually made it now. I actually feel somewhat worth something. After years of working in the sport, I finally made it to the pinnacle, and it's all downhill from here. So hopefully <laughs> this goes nice because it'll be the, it's, everything's just going to plummet, I think, after today. But this thanks for the high point. Me. This is the high point of your career, and it's just... But, uh, you know, Boxing Social, you guys do a wonderful job uh, with that platform, just churning out content. Uh, it's, it's really great to see um, from over on this side of things, over in the U.S., that they're, you know, you guys cover the entire sport. Because sometimes we see over in the U.K., it's like a lot of U.K.-centric, but it seems like you guys have a very, uh, you know, you're getting out there initiative to cover the entire sport. You know, that means staying up late. That means covering everything that's all the hijinks that are going on over here. What's going on at Boxing Social? What can we look forward to? Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of, um, that's sort of hit the nail on the head, really. We, we try and be as inclusive as possible. And that means even when we're working in the UK, we try and um, we try and speak to small hall fighters, club fighters in the States, as well as, um, you know, world champions and fighters from every different level. Boxing is a very difficult sport. Uh, you know, I've lost count of the amount of fighters who I've spoken to at early stages of their career who have struggled for exposure in one way or the other. And, you know, for a lot of guys who are, who are boxing four and six rounders, it's just as difficult for them as guys who are boxing 10 or 12 round fights. So, we try and be as inclusive as possible. Obviously, America, uh, sorry to my UK brethren who will be watching this, America is the epicenter of boxing. Um, you know, the big, big fights do often find themselves stateside. Uh, we spoke uh, briefly before we started filming about, you know, the late nights in the UK. And, you know, it's something that I've done since I was kind of, 
probably about 11 or 12 years old. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a grizzled veteran now in, um, in kind of covering sports, tra- uh, covering the sport from, from across the, uh, the Atlantic. So, yeah, I mean, we, tr- we try our bit. Uh, it's, it's, it can be quite demanding at times. We've got a, a pretty punishing schedule coming up. We had five weeks or so of, of pretty much exclusive American content um, with my colleague Andy Perlwell out over in America covering the shows there. But, of course, for us, that means late nights for our team um, supporting him. Um, so yeah, we, we've got Tim Zhu tomorrow morning in the UK. Then we've got the Friday night uh, show on the Zone, the Golden Boy show, which I'm very much looking forward to. Mm-hmm. That'll be a late one for us. Um, and then we've got some UK boxing on Saturday night. So yeah, no, we we try our, we try and do our bit uh, boxing, despite you know being in this little bubble that we always find ourselves into. It is still you know it's not a mainstream sport. Obviously, it has the the, the ability and the potential to cross over as it has done. On several instances over the years but you know everybody needs a leg up whether you're a world champion or, or a small hall guy and you know i'm a massive fan of the sport i would be doing this even if i wasn't being paid i have yeah, done right. it for free for years in the past so um so yeah all work for free it's one point yeah exactly so <laughs> to be able to kind of to to make a living from from covering boxing now i am i'm blessed as they say so yes. yeah hashtag blessed um it's funny you say that America is the epicenter of boxing, and I think that's where the biggest cards take place. But to me, the best fans are over in the UK, the most rabid fans. I got to make my way over there for a big fight, as well as the you know Mexican boxers, the Mexican fans too. They're the lifeblood of the sport. That just shows you the global, how much of a global sport uh, this truly is. But I enjoy your stuff. Now let's get into it. Let's make fools of ourselves because the last six months has, uh, the f- previous six months of boxing has gone down. It's been a, a sneaky good year in the world of boxing. We have six more months to look forward to before the calendar turns to 2022. Let's look into our crystal ball, Rob. Let's predict the future. We're going to bounce some bold predictions off each other here and see how wrong we are in six months from now. I'll start it off. I'm going to go with the biggest name in boxing right now. Canelo Alvarez. My bold prediction is he does not fight Caleb Plant next. Instead, he goes up to 175, fights Arthur Betterbiev, wins a controversial decision. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that is, I don't know. It, it's difficult. I, I find myself sometimes having to, to kind of differentiate what we know about the business and the behind the scenes mechanics from kind of being a fan. It certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me uh, to see Canelo seek alternate routes um with, with you know him and Caleb Plant being on separate platforms I spoke to Eddie Hearn yesterday he kind of made it very clear that Canelo is the money guy and you know if he wants to be you know if he wants to take a certain fight then he should do it on his terms and I don't know how that's going to play out with uh Caleb Plant PBC and Fox um so yeah I, I don't I don't know if that's that bold but I think if Canelo was to move up against Arta Baturbiev I think a, a decision yeah, controversial decision. I actually quite agree with that. I quite like that. I think Baturbiev, I don't, I have to say, I didn't see the the massive deterioration that some I feel were looking for when he boxed Adam Dines last time out. Um, and having said that, Canelo Alvarez is obviously massively in the ascendancy in his career. He's, um, he, you know, he gets better and better every time you watch him. So I could certainly see that outcome. I think we might see a situation where he does box Caleb Plant. So my bold prediction, and I'm not sure how bold it is, that if that fight happens, I know we're going bold, but ifs, but anyway, um, that we see Canelo Alvarez stop Caleb Plant if that fight does happen in September. But I like your call, uh, and, and it certainly wouldn't surprise me to see Canelo go back up to 175. Um, how are we going to see that, you know, with with Joe Smith Jr. and Arthur Baturbiev? You know, that's a fight that we've been hearing about and potential for that to be made. But 
when Canelo comes calling, it is difficult to uh, yeah. to say no. So yeah, I, I quite like that. I think that's a that's a good bold prediction, but also with some realism in there. So you gotta go. You know, I can go real bold, just throw everything out there and just go crazy. But I, I want to kind of look back in a few months and be like, oh wow, I, I was actually right about something. You got one for me, my my friend. Okay, so I'm going to go. We've obviously seen uh, the back and forth recently between um, Nanito Dene and John Real Casemiro. That fight is off. We are now seeing John Real Casemiro versus Guillermo Rigondo. Uh, don't know how bold a prediction this is, but I am going to say that John Real Casemiro stops this version of Guillermo Rigondo. I don't feel that he has the legs that he used to have. I'm not sure that he will be able to... Um, admittedly still carry some pop in that left hand. He's still a master boxer, but I think that the mind will be willing, but the body won't be able. And I feel like Casemiro is, is really hitting a purple patch in his career. He has that kind of awkward jerky rhythm. He punches hard from awkward angles. I could see him catching Guillermo Rigondo with kind of a, a chopping shot to the top of the head and then maybe getting him out of there somewhere around the middle rounds, maybe somewhere six to eight rounds. But I expect John Rao Casemiro to stop Guillermo Rigondo. The bold prediction from there is what happens after that? Like, who does Don, uh, Donaire fight? Who does Inouye fight? Does Casemiro then, ha- you know, they, they work it out between him and Donaire and Donaire's wife slash manager slash trainer? Because that is a mess. That is a what I thought at first. was Wow, this is kind of juicy. Then it just got straight weird. Then I'm like, are you guys fighting or not? So that whole little thing at 118, while it's it's there is some drama there, which boxing fans seem to love, especially uh, on Twitter. I want to see them fight. Uh, you know, Rigondeaux versus Casemiro, which is the original bout that was penciled in for, for Showtime. Not a bad fight at all, especially this version of Rigondeaux. Everyone thinks that, you know, he's the guy that we saw like maybe 10 years ago when he was like a low 40 punches per round output. But he's made a more co- bigger commitment to kind of stand in trade as he's gotten older. I don't know if his defensive skills have deteriorated. I think that's going to be a really good fight, uh, Casemiro and, uh, and Donaire. I, I actually do think that, and I would not be shocked if, if Casemiro... Uh, stopped him so some boldish takes here early on I'm gonna throw one at you right here Rob Deontay Wilder knocks out Tyson Fury and fights Andy Ruiz either at the end of the year or the beginning first quarter of 2022 instead of Anthony Joshua and we're right back to where we started with uh, assuming Joshua be too sick and Wilder and Joshua are in a standoff for undisputed well I think the call is quite bold. Having said that, it's, it's difficult to say that the call is, is particularly bold when you're dealing with a murderous puncher like Deontay Wilder. Yep. He can knock anyone out at any given time in a 12-round fight. I do feel like the layoff will have been more harmful, more detrimental to Tyson Fury than Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury has said to me on various occasions that, you know, he's a rhythm fighter. One of the big things that was hit for him going into that Deontay Wilder rematch was fighting Tom Schwartz, then fighting Otto Valiant, admittedly underperforming in that fight, but still mm-hmm. in-ring activity, a hard 12 rounds. He had the hope in his mind, he had the home field advantage despite boxing in America. Bob Arum had spoken about building him in Las Vegas in those two fights before then. So, it, you know, it didn't feel new to him. Now he hasn't had that for the last 18 months. So I could, I could see a, um, I could see a scenario where Deontay Wilder scores the knockout. I will be going for a Tyson Fury knockout win. Um, I feel that he will be able to break him down late in the fight. Uh, I know there's only so much that you can see from little bits of pad work, but Malik Scott, anybody who has spent any length of time with Malik Scott and and listened to him because he does like to talk, um, will understand that he's a very knowledgeable guy. He's been around you know, some of the great heavyweights of the last 20 years. He's been in and out of every single camp. He's a very, very astute boxing mind. I feel like he will um, be able to implement some things, particularly early for Deontay Wilder in the fight. But my big 
call on that fight is just what happens when Fury starts to land. I feel yeah. like the, the second fight was so conclusive, was so brutal at times in there that I cannot see Deontay Wilder pulling off the win if Fury indeed does box in a similar style. However, as we've mentioned, I, I feel that Deontay Wilder's um, one-punch knockout power is made more potent by the fact that Fury's not going to be as active. Um, with regards to your pick as to what will happen after that, I think that, again, is is very astute. And it kind of leads in to my prediction Hit me, that Rob. Alexander Usyk will right. outpoint Anthony Joshua if that fight takes place as expected in September in London. I feel like Alexander Usyk is a very, very difficult fight for Anthony Joshua. I've always felt that. I feel stylistically Anthony Joshua struggles with smaller guys, more nimble, fleet-footed guys. Mm -hmm. He was stopped by Mihai Nistor in the amateurs, who was a, a kind of... A, I saw him he was sparring with Lawrence Okoli before Lawrence Okoli boxed uh, Christoph Gravatsky. You know, he's a short, stocky guy who can come forward and make things a little bit tricky. And I see Alexander Usyk giving Anthony Joshua all kinds of problems. Uh, for me, the red herring in that fight or, or, or kind of the uh, the asterisks in that fight is getting the decision against uh, such a commercial juggernaut right. like Anthony Joshua in the UK. Uh, but I feel to kind of really mess up all of the other plans, Alexander <laughs> Ustik. So you're going for the you're going for the upset on one side of the yeah. fence and I'm going it on the other side of the fence. Well, which, just um, for the record, though, just for the record, everyone out there, I think that Tyson Fury is going to win the third match. I've been on uh, you know American television saying as such, but for the sake of this exercise here to see chaos, just like you are predicting yourself, but it's not really that chaotic if you think about it. The heavyweight, these heavyweight guys right now are stars in their own regards, but they all have vulnerabilities. Like you said, Tyson Fury coming off a long layoff. He could we don't know what version of him shows up. Wilder, of course, with his boxing skill or, or lack thereof from his detractors. Uh Usyk is the ultimate wild card and Joshua. We've seen Joshua kind of redo himself. Uh, this I'm calling it Joshua 2.0, or he's a boxer puncher instead of a puncher boxer. So, I mean, the heavyweight division, I think that's what makes it so exciting is you can make a legitimate case for all of these things actually happening. If you, you can talk yourself into it all, that's why uh, I'm really happy with what's going on in the heavyweight division. But that's the thing is, is all these belts are, are hanging in the balance. There could be, we're this close to undisputed for the first time in the four belt era or the first time since, since Lennox Lewis did it. But there are so many things that could go wrong and everything with boxing is that they probably will uh, go wrong. Let's go to a business side of things. And I'm going to uh, this is kind of a rumor, but uh, I'm going to run with it full bore here. PBC leaves Fox, moves over to CBS Viacom. And their stable now is off Fox. They're fighting on CBS and Showtime, more cash flow coming in, better main events on regular television in the States. It's a rumor, but I could honestly see that happening. Maybe not the end by the end of the year, but maybe uh, when that Fox deal runs out. And how would that change? Obviously, I'm not in the I, I keep up to date with the American landscape with, with regards to politics and broadcast yeah. politics. But how would that what significant impacts would that have on the American landscape? Honestly, it wouldn't change that much. Um, at the beginning of the Fox deal, it was a big it was you know publicized and it was a big deal. You know, the Charlos were fighting on. Uh, the same card on Fox, their, their first one. And, and there were some really good Fox uh, main events uh, on regular Fox where, where you didn't have to, you know, where the NFL was on and all that. And over time, it has kind of transitioned to Fox is basically now just a vehicle for pay-per-view. Their best fights are going to pay-per-view, like Spence Pacquiao, Spence, 
his last couple of pay-per-views have been Fox pay-per-views. Uh, Ariola, I mean, I'm sorry, Ruiz have all gone to Fox pay-per-view and then Fox is getting the, the David Morrell types of, of main events, which are good fights in their own, in their own right, but they're not marquee fights where they're maximizing the, the ratings. Cause that Morrell fight got a huge number uh, Sunday night card did like 1.5 million, but it's like kind of weird. It's like, why wouldn't you, if you're the PBC, why wouldn't you put someone that you really want to push uh, in that slot right there? If you're guaranteed to get 1.5 million views, but to answer your question, it wouldn't change that much, but the people here are on Twitter. Oh my God, Fox is gone. Now CBS comes in. CBS ha- has uh, maybe has a little more cash flow. They'll have a little more quality control. Uh, they'll demand that PBC put better main events on on CBS, which would be you know primetime broadcast network. Uh, I could see it happening. Uh, I could see it also not happening. What, what do I know? I'm just a guy talking into a ring light. So who knows? Okay, I, I want you to make a bold prediction for me here. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Does Terence Crawford re-sign with Top Rank? Dude, you took it right out of my you took the, my my one right here. Terence Crawford re-signs with Top Rank because he likes he's a creature of habit. He's happy with his four or five million per per fight. Doesn't want the headaches of going over to the PBC. He signed re-signs with Top Rank. He fights Virgil Ortiz and Josh Taylor. I'll, I'll take it even a step further. Is Top Rank and Golden Boy form an alliance? I don't know if it's it's as in, as crazy as them getting bought out, uh, Golden Boy taking their whole thing over to Top Rank, but some type of partnership, an announcement, a picture handshake, not just a picture of them eating lunch at Bob Arum's uh, estate, an actual partnership where we see a lot of Golden Boy fighters and ESPN uh, Top Rank fighters fighting on ESPN so we can see Terrence Crawford, Virgil Ortiz. We can see a Ryan Garcia, Tiafimo Lopez pay-per-view. That is um, probably the boldest of these somewhat bold predictions we're making. That is a pretty bold prediction. I can just see it now. <laughs> uh, friends reunited again. Aram and De La Hoya shaking the hands. Right. Oh, be, it would be fantastic for the sport. And look, stranger things have happened. Admittedly, not many stranger things have happened, but some stranger things have happened. Uh, if you look at you know, the, the friction that, that has appeared between uh, zone and Golden Boy in recent times, there was, of course, rumors that Golden Boy would potentially take their stable over to Triller. I don't mm-hmm. know how long Triller are looking to stay in the sport for. Um, so yeah, that could be a reasonable solution. Um, one thing from me on my end, so my bold prediction is that DAZN will acquire BT Sport in the UK, thus oh. monopolizing the UK boxing scene. Now that is big. Now you could now tell me how big that is. I just told you how big or over at CBS would mean, but we're seeing it right away. You know, Sky Sports seems to be you know transitioning towards top rank. What would that mean? for the UK viewer, UK fan of boxing? Well, I think first and foremost, I think generally speaking, a monopoly is not great for any sport, I don't think. I think competition is very healthy. And I certainly think one of the big driving forces for the the rise in popularity and kind of the emergence of British boxing over the last 10 years has been the competition between Queensbury Promotions, Frank Warren, Matchroom Boxing, Eddie Hearn. Um, If it were a scenario where BT Sport were bought out by DAZN and you saw Frank Warren's roster having to to kind of ply their trade on DAZN. I think that would throw up some very interesting scenarios. There's a lot of cross-promotional fights that, that British boxing fans have wanted to see for an awful long time. One of the fights that I feel has lost a little bit of his luster uh, between kind of the two camps is Anthony Yard versus Joshua Boatze. We've obviously mm-hmm. seen Anthony Yard come up short against Sergei Kovalev and then Lyndon Arthur who returns this weekend on BT Sport. But you would 
get to see more cross-promotional fights. Sonny Edwards versus, of course, Julio Cesar Martinez, who isn't British, but is, is promoted by Eddie Hearn and Match and Boxing. That would be a fight that we would feasibly be more you know, realistic to make. So mm. I think it would be... On the surface of things, quite good. I think in the long run, I think competition is healthy. Uh, Sky, it seems to me at least, and from what I've heard on the on the beat, uh, seem to be scaling back their operations somewhat with regards to boxing. I think they will still always be involved for those big commercial juggernaut fights. Uh, they still have the, the biggest pay-per-view perform in the UK, which of course, as we know, is the way to make the big bucks. Right. So I feel like Sky will still be involved in some capacity. But yeah, I think BT Sport and DAZN, if there were a merger or if DAZN were to buy out BT Sport, which is going to be my hot take, um, <laughs> I think that would provide some interesting um, opportunities no, for British it boxing. Fans. It would, because, you know, it's funny, monopolies are bad. I think we know that. And we're, you're taught that growing up in the free market and all that stuff. But in boxing, as a boxing fan, you hear that it's like, wait, it's like one less you know, obstacle that gets in the way of big fights being made, like bring up like Joe Joyce. I'd like to see him fight uh, some of the matchroom guys and, and all that. Like, uh, yeah, I'd be all for that. That's the kind of like the same thing with, with golden boy. Uh, you know, they're not the biggest promoter in the U S anymore, uh, but they do have some big names and it's just one less hurdle. You know, that's, what's the biggest thing. That's the, at least I think is, is the biggest setback to the best fights being made is that these net, there's too many networks. The networks have obligations to put on, cards you know they give them 15 dates a year they have to meet those that's why we see marinating fights that's why we don't see the best versus the best week after week so we can go on forever here Rob. um these are some bold takes so we're gonna have to revisit this in december and take a look back and see how right we were how wrong we were man i hope i just get one right because this is it's a crazy sport man it's like the most unpredictable sport but so many things you can predict yeah, and I think like you make a good point there with regards to kind of networks, just to bring it back to that. Like, I think it's indicative of how well boxing is doing overall around the world as an overall product that mm -hmm. we're starting to see more broadcasters want to get into boxing. We're starting to see people looking to spend their money in boxing, which hasn't always been the case. You know, of course, we, people will revert back to 30 years ago when, when boxing was, was much more of a, a prominent sport, so to speak, to the masses at least. Um, but that does throw up the flip side of the of the um, of the sword, where all of these broadcasters want their platform and their broadcast platform to be the biggest, the best, and ultimately everybody, it seems at least, has the same kind of end goal of wanting to control the sport. And when you have a bunch of people trying to do that, inevitably you will encounter a problem somewhere down the line. So yep. boxing has this wonderful way of, of giving you just a little bit and then snatching it away. Yeah, well, one thing we can predict is that this summer is going to be action packed. There are great fights this week, like we said, just Friday night, but after that, it's just one after the next. Spence is going to be in there with, with Pacquiao, you know, Wilder Fury. You got Castano versus Charlo, and then it rolls into the fall with hopefully Canelo, Terrence Crawford, uh, you know, Tiafimo Lopez, Ryan Garcia getting back in there. Terrence Crawford, if he decides to fight again, <laughs> he'll be in there too. So we may not be right with these predictions, but what we can predict is that it's going to be a very, very good end of the year. Boxing world is buzzing. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Rob Tebbett, I appreciate this, man. This was a good time. Uh, some hot takes back and forth. Do a great job. Go subscribe to Boxing Social. Click subscribe, like, do all that. They're doing great things in the boxing world. I appreciate it, man. Your debut on Inside Boxing Live. Wow, this is big. Thank you very much, Dan. Always a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks very much for having me on. Keep up the great work that you do. Big fan of the work that you're doing um, from across the pond. And hopefully, when I can get let back into America, hopefully sometime <laughs> soon, I can take you for a nice cup of coffee in New York. They're going to let you out of the cage soon. <laughs>